Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. are Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your host, Joe Bully of 10krings.com, and with me from 10krings.com is Tony Abbott. Tony Abbott, how are you doing today? Joe, after one late night start, uh, I, I had my butt kicked all day today. <laughs> uh, I, I was up, uh, I was up, you know, getting that content out for, uh, for Locked on Wild in zone coverage up until about, uh, what have we... What did we come out to? Uh, 5.30, I think. About 5.30 was when I got everything done last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today I was like, all right, uh, I, I got my I got my hockey in. Uh, I, I'm not... Uh, I, I had another podcast to record, so I did that when I got up. Uh, but uh, until, uh, until Tuesday... Uh, I, I'm not going to touch hockey. I'm going to just, uh, I'm just <laughs> going to relax, play Breath of the Wild, and I finish it up, Joe. The, my first ever Zelda game completed. There you go. All right. Yeah, I feel really accomplished. I, I, I always feel really accomplished when I finish a game, much more so when I do, like, I don't know, <laughs> anything else. <laughs> did did you work straight through then till five in the morning or were you uh, did you fall asleep like I did? Because what happened to me is at about two thirty, I think I finally dozed off uh, while I'm trying to tag and finish up the uh, the finer parts of the article uh, on for on 10 kringscom And uh, the next thing I know, I wake up at about four o'clock in the morning my neck hurting because I've been in this chair sleeping awkwardly dozed off at my computer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I finished the tagging and I hit uh, schedule and I'm, and I'm ready to go. But, uh, and then I finally hop into bed and, and, and go to sleep. But, uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to stretch my night legs. Uh, I, at one point in time I could stay up late, like no problem. But now that I'm old and three kids and they get me up early in the morning, uh, it's tougher to do. So I, uh, you know, I took I took this week off of work. I was all gung ho about it, and now after kind of one night of late night hockey and late night working like that, I was dead tired, and I was even kind of dozing off again on the couch this afternoon. But uh, uh, I can't uh, say that uh, you know I had the windows open, the weather was nice. I think I mm-hmm. even tried to fall asleep on the deck out in the sun too, because uh, it was just gorgeous today. So. It's hard to believe that uh, we've got NHL hockey going at this point, and and with how late it is, it's it feels like it takes forever for it to come around, even for us Minnesota Wild fans and, and media people. Yeah, uh, I, I worked straight through. That's kind of how I, I I I'm like terrified if I go to sleep that I'm just not going to be able to uh, to wake up when I need to and finish it. Uh, and, and that that sounds irrational, right? Except uh, it happens every time. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna sleep and do this in the morning. <laughs> Were you the person in college, the stereotypical like crashing for a uh, a, a test or something like that in college? And you'd 
be taking like the no dos and the coffees and things like that, trying to stay up as long as you could to try to get it in so that you could take your test the next day? Or did you, were you responsible and, uh, you know, actually studied well in advance and stuff like that? So you didn't have to do that kind of thing. Neither. I'm a good test taker. Um, you just rolled up in there, rolled your sleeves and just were like, got this boys. Uh, I, I, if I'm like in a classroom setting and I'm paying attention, like I can, I can usually absorb enough, uh, and and retain it, um, to, uh, to take tests pretty well. Um, Mm -hmm. so like I, I only, I only pulled one all nighter in college. It was, it was my last, it was my last, uh, week really. I was Mm -hmm. behind on like five or six things. Um, and I was like, just trying to get all of this stuff done in one week. And I had to, I had to be up super late on the last day and I got all that done. And I was like, all right, to my roommates, like when, uh, when we're, when, when I'm done with this, uh, I'm going to take a nap and then, uh, and then we're going to go out to the anchor bar, celebrate, uh, celebrate this, uh, this, this, this <laughs> being done with college stuff. And then I slept past closing time. <laughs> whoops okay that was the one Uh, time i did it that's funny yeah i uh i did not go to college when i was in my late teens and 20s i ended up having kids and working full-time and so college was not that kind of experience for me but uh yeah there's uh like thank god you 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 would get so humiliated when one of the kids beat you in beer pong oh probably (laughs) yeah and I, I wasn't even really good at tippy cup either, so. Oh no. Yeah, no, I uh, I, I stay away from the drinking games just because. Uh, I mean, there's there's presidents and a holes, you know. We played that. There's yeah. that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I stayed away from the drinking games. I just like to uh, kind of do go at my own pace. Um, there was also times where I was doing like a pint of Jägermeister with a six pack of Michelob because it was cheap. That'll that'll do the trick though. Yeah, it definitely did the trick. It, I think about the the Jägermeister now, and it makes me want to dry heave. But <laughs> now this is making me think: what other things do the trick, Joe? Uh, RockAuto.com. Yeah, you know what's funny is uh, obviously we don't want you to uh, mix drinking and cars too. <laughs> you know, so uh, we don't endorse that. But uh, I would say that you don't want to be driving down the road with a bad seatbelt. And uh, I know you have a dog, Tony. Uh, but uh, we brought one of our dogs to the horse barn and we put him in the back and stuff like that. And we had a seatbelt kind of stashed away. Well, she ended up chewing one of them pretty badly. Now I got to replace the seatbelt. And uh, I just know that uh, until I found out about rockauto.com that I didn't really know how to fix it. I thought I was just gonna have to go through the dealership to get that fixed. But rockauto.com, you know, they have all kinds of parts that you can order with a, a gigantic catalog. So whether it's a fuel pump, whether it's carpet, whether it's, you know, uh, an engine manifold or, or whatever, uh, or even just simple brake parts, rockauto.com has it. And uh, again, their, their catalog is super easy to use. You can search by make and model and uh, it's huge. It's always, and it's always been online. It's been online for 20 years. It's how they've been serving their customers and their family business too. Uh, they're not the, the big giant conglomerates in the top, the the dot com boom or anything like that these the this company is uh is looking to serve you uh the way a a family business serves you in the community but uh, they primarily work online so check them out rockauto.com 
And uh, when you go there to uh, to check out their giant catalog and, and order their parts, write in lockdown and how they how did you hear about us, box so that know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Wild here, and we are uh, preparing for Game Two between the Wild and Vancouver Canucks. And uh, we, we'll also be answering uh, your mailbag questions. Uh, we actually got some in our email inbox this time around, too. So definitely, if you want to ask questions, email it to us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Also, we also take all your questions via Twitter as well. So we'll get to that in our, our final segment today. But I do want to talk about Game 2, Tony. Uh, obviously, Minnesota Wild came out on top in Game 1 in uh, a suffocating 3 nothing win uh, where they just completely – shut down all of the uh, the big guns of the Vancouver Canucks. Is this that something that do you think is a trend that they can continue going forward? I mean, like, they definitely can, right? Because this mm-hmm. is a five-game series, and anything can happen in a five-game series. And and I know that's, like, meaningless pretty mm-hmm. much, but at the same time, like, it's it's absolutely true. Anything can happen. Uh, do I think it's likely... It, it, it doesn't feel right to say that I do not think that uh that Vancouver stars aren't going to get theirs I, I think that uh I think that you know they might have to adjust how they were playing a little bit from from game one because like they were getting their matchups right uh the yep. matchups that they wanted and uh and they did not succeed now uh I, I think you noticed that they weren't matching up that strictly did you see that or, or no uh, I didn't. No, I guess uh, Everson was kind of rolling all four lines, and I wonder. And I was going to segue on this too. Do you think that scoring that early goal by Kevin Fiala set the Wild up to do exactly what they wanted to do in that game, and that was to play a sound defensive game? Oh yeah, I mean you don't have to. You you don't have to be pressuring nearly as much, right? And like I, I I'm a I'm a fan of always trying to score whenever you can, right? Um, and, and I don't think the Wild necessarily turtled at very many points of the game. Like, I, I, I didn't see very many points of the game where they're like, okay, they are just, you know, trapping or right. anything like that. But at the same time, like, if you don't have to take, like, huge risks uh, to uh, to make scoring chances because, you know, the, the, the score is tied or you're down one nothing early on, I mean that's yep. that's huge. Like you, you really can pick your spots, and I think Minnesota does best when they are able to uh, to pick their spots and be opportunistic. Yeah, I absolutely think that the uh, the first goal in Game Two is going to say a lot about how this game goes. If uh, Vancouver gets on the board first, I have a feeling that they're going to dictate a hell of a lot more of what they want for their game and how it's going to go. If uh, if they can get a little confidence and, and score goals and and the, and get the Minnesota Wild out of their shell, um, you know it's that's something that I'm going to look to to see. I, I, I don't think it's going to be the be all end all if the, on the the whoever scores the first goal, but I do believe that scoring the first goal for the Minnesota Wild will go a long way to helping make sure that they're in that game and whether or not they're going to be successful. I wonder who steps up in game two, though, because you saw Jared Spurgeon be able to do that as well as Kevin Fiala. And one thing I think we both kind of agreed on is 
Well, I, I think Kevin Fiala has to be an important part of uh, of the offense. Like he probably can't be the only one and expect the mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild to win. So, I, who on the Wild are, are going to get their names on, on the score sheet? Well, I'm going to go back to one player that you kind of identified in as a, as a playoff performer for the Minnesota Wild, and I'm going to say Parisi. I feel like he's going to have to be a guy that that's going to have to fill in that void a little bit, and. I would say that I don't necessarily like the Erickson Ek Parisi and um, Cunning line all that much, but uh, it would go a long way for that line to to gel and to uh, create some offense and and kind of get their game under control. Is if uh, Parisi and uh, and that line can cash in on some of the offense that they can do. Um, it, maybe it is a Jules Erickson act that cashes in, but I do feel like that line is going to have to uh, really step it up here. I mean, I thought that they were just so-so. Um, they 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 weren't the best defensively, but they I thought they did do a great job of shutting down Brock Besser when he did get into the offensive zone. Uh, but I also thought there was a lot of kind of uh, give there too. So um, if they can provide – provide a little more offense and chances and zone time, that kind of thing, and be disruptive in the offensive zone. I think that can go a long way. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean on Parisi here. He's the guy that uh, is making the big bucks. And I, I feel like that, um, you know, he usually shows up in these times of, uh, for, for the wild in, in the playoffs. And, um, that's going to be who the guy I'm looking forward to. I'm going to go with someone who I, I thought did a good job in a limited time. Like, he didn't like buzz quite as much as, as I, I thought he did just from looking at him, but it, it felt like he was kind of almost ready to make a play at all, all times. And, and that's Ryan Hartman. Or, sorry, okay. not Ryan Hartman. Sorry. And that's Ryan Donato. He had a really good performance, okay. I thought, with uh, with uh, Koivu and Hartman on the fourth line. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought that line played really well. I... Uh, I, I I saw some you know times where like uh, there would be like a breakout pass or a zone entry from from Donato and he would you know get in there and he would be you know well defended but at the same time it's like you know if you're going to do that and and, and you know get into the zone uh, pretty consistently I I think that uh, I think that you'll start seeing some good things and, and I I really liked uh, Donato's game in limited time this year. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna say it's maybe someone a little further down the depth chart, uh, and and go with Donato. I don't believe that Staylock is gonna continue to carry a shutout, but I do think obviously the longer that they continue to shut down the opposition, it's gonna bode well for them. Do you think that? Uh, and Staylock has done this where he's had a shutout, and then immediately the next game, it's been kind of a. A shaky one where either he's letting up uh, an early goal, like right off the bat, he doesn't even extend it into the second game, or uh, you know it's something where he's getting yanked too. What are what do you think we should expect from Staylock in this in this game? I think that uh, I think that you should probably expect uh, from Staylock uh, what the Wild defense gives him on Sunday night. In all situations, Joe, do you know how many uh, high danger shots he faced? There was a small handful, if any. Three. I know three. Three. Yeah, he faced okay. three. He faced one at five on five, and yeah. I, I think that uh, I think that if you 
give him that kind of defense that um, that that's going to be prime conditions for Stalag to deliver. I I don't know if Minnesota can keep that defense up. I mean, if they can, then uh, then Vancouver really shouldn't should be looking to add another Brock Besser, not trade one this offseason. Right. Um, so I, I don't expect Minnesota to uh, to shut down, but I think that if uh, you are asking Staylock to pretty much make the saves he's supposed to make, I think he can come through. And uh, I've been doing some research here for my article that's going to drop Tuesday, uh, day of the game here on 10kranks.com. But uh, it's it's the power play and kind of the game plan going into game two. Obviously, game one, they talk they talked about discipline. You heard Spurgeon in the post game and also Evison talk about discipline, playing hard in between the whistles, but not really engaging in the after whistle stuff. And I think it really played to their style of game. Obviously, they're not giving the Vancouver Canucks extra opportunities with the management. They all held them to just one power play, and then that power play was pretty much uh, not impactful at all. It was meaningless. And so I do think that that's going to have to be another uh, point for Minnesota is to play again with discipline, but I don't know if they're going to get the benefit of the call this time around and, and have four power plays in their favor. But if, even if they don't get four, four power plays in their favor and they're, and they've got the large advantage on the man advantage, do you think that the power play could still actually be a, um, a strong point in this game and, and continue to be a, a, a difference maker, whether it's uh, taking a late lead or uh, tying the game up or, or just, you know, what power plays can do. And that's, you know, if you're doing a stalemate, you're at five on five uh, that special teams can put your team over the top by, by just cashing in once or twice. I think a lot of people think Minnesota's power play is, is worse than it is. It's it's really not uh, not very bad at all. In fact, it was it was pretty good this year. I think it was at least a top ten power play this year. Um, yeah, I know it was. Uh, I think the whole season, I think it was right around twenty percent. But even later in the latter half of the season, it was upwards of twenty three, twenty four percent. I think. Yeah, so it, it's it's a good power play. Like it doesn't have the names necessarily that uh, that you see on 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 vancouver but i i think that uh, i i think that anybody like stressing out or worrying about the power play uh, you know may, is maybe remembering some of the bad games and not remembering some of the games like sunday night where they got two power play goals <laughs> absolutely all right tony that's it for uh, our previews on game two uh when we come back we are going to talk about some of your mailbag questions regarding the Minnesota Wild. So stay tuned. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony from 10krings.com here bringing you the show. Again, uh, today is going to be game two between the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Minnesota Wild carrying a 1-0 series lead into game two after a 3-0 shutout win at the Edmonton bubble. Uh, Tony, we got a few questions to our mailbag. We did put a call out. Um, might have been short notice, so we didn't get a ton here. But w- let's add a couple here to the end of this show. Uh, and I just want to let you know that uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, feel free to drop us a line at our inbox. It's lockedonwild at gmail.com. I've got one here from Austin. Hey, guys, first episode, just listened to at work. Good job, guys. Keep doing good. Uh, question for you. Do you think we actually have a chance to do something this year, or is this more of a rebuilding year? 
I mean, kind of the only way that they can really rebuild at this point is if they uh, they lose this round and are <laughs> able to win the draft lottery that comes in six days, Joe. It's it's coming up real fast, yeah, that draft crazy. lottery. <laughs> uh, so if, if Minnesota drops the ball and loses three of the next four and, and you know, wins Alexis Lafreniere, then, like, yeah, they're, they're rebuilding pretty nice. But... Uh, a, a really nice thing with the wild is that their prospects uh, part of this is is the slow rollout of Kareel Kap, uh, Kaprizov from uh, from <laughs> Russia um, sure. but um, Minnesota's prospect pool is pretty good right now and and they have two picks in the first round uh or or, or they will as long as Pittsburgh doesn't lose uh right. they uh so they have uh they have a first round pick in uh their own and then uh, probably Pittsburgh's as well if they're able to uh, pull out the uh, the victory against Montreal. So uh, they might be able to uh, to do some like rebuilding without having to lose, which would kind of right. be nice. Yeah, with two picks in the first round in this draft, I think that uh, you know you could still continue to win as long as Pittsburgh wins and uh, still kind of do a retool rebuild as much as you can uh, with, with some decent prospects. It's just, um, can they land that top prospect if they lose? And that's the, that's the thing that, you know, 87 and a half percent of their odds, uh, if they lose, you know. And like when San Jose traded that pick to, uh, to Ottawa, right. That, uh, mm-hmm. that first round pick that, uh, that became the number three overall pick this year. Um, mm-hmm. San Jose was a powerhouse that, uh, that no one was expecting to, uh, fall off you know even if even if Pittsburgh doesn't have to surrender their pick this year if they're putting it towards next year then they're you know they're a they're a goalie injury a Crosby injury uh, a Crosby and Malkin injury like mm-hmm. it would not take that much for Pittsburgh to have a disaster season that sees Minnesota get a pick so even if they don't get the pick this year uh, there's still some reason to uh to think like oh <laughs> Uh, you did mention Kaprizov, but uh, we did get a slight update here from uh, Michael Russo of The Athletic. Sounds like uh, Kaprizov has a, a, a meeting with the uh, the consulate in Moscow, and they're still hoping that he's going to get to uh, the U.S. and then eventually Edmonton to satisfy a seven-day uh, quarantine or whatever you want to call it once he gets there, assuming that the Minnesota Wild will be continu- continuing on at that point, too, because it'd be pain in the rear to get him here to the u.s send him out to edmonton right away and then all of a sudden you know everyone has to go home quarantine he's got to go home so uh but we did get a slight uh update there that the sounds like the paperwork and the meetings are are happening to try to get that done as quickly as possible obviously it's a little less than ideal at this point but um that's that's the update there Another one from uh, Adam. He's uh, a frequenter at the at the inbox of LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Uh, either of you following Minnesota United? Nope. Yeah, neither am I. Sorry. I, I know that they're moving on into the MLS, whatever they want to call it. They're kind of return to play thing, too. I might have um, gotten into some soccer this year because I have uh, some soccer friends. Uh, but uh, you cannot go out and see soccer or have friends this year. Thanks, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'm not watching it, but I do hear that they are um, are doing are doing well. So at least we can wish them luck for for Minnesota's sake. And then uh, last question to our inbox from Kyle. 
how far do you realistically see Minnesota going into the playoffs? Ooh, uh, I think their I think their ceiling is conference finals. Okay. Really? Okay. I, can I think they have to get the right matchups to do it, but I mm-hmm. do think it's possible, even if it's a, a pretty small chance. I, I'd say it's probably a less than ten percent chance, but that's that's what I see their ceiling as. I can see them getting past this round for sure. Um, I think that Vancouver, while is it can be a good opponent, I do feel like the Minnesota Wild has. They, they have the ability to get by them. Um, and obviously, depending on the next round, I, I just don't know if they can last a full seven-game series with uh, with the next uh, – with, with the, one of the, some of the higher seeds in the next round um, and and be able to push on. I mean, they might get in, a, in an advantageous uh, matchup, but um, I wouldn't be banking on that. That seems to never happen for Minnesota. So I really realistically think that they're going to get past the, the Canucks here, uh, or at least could get past the Canucks, but I don't see much going further than that. And our last question from Twitter from Morpheus from The Matrix. Uh, there, there are three quick questions. Uh, do you think we will see a suspension with the spearing incident with Hartman? Nope. Uh, Michael Ferland just got a fine, though. Uh, though maybe there will be, you know, more uh, more violence that comes out of uh, of game two that will lead to a suspension because it wasn't solved with anything. But a fine in the uh, the the first incident. Uh, will Matt Zuccarello do anything, Joe? Uh, Ferland was fined five thousand dollars, by the way, by the NHL. Uh, will Matt Zuccarello do anything? Um, I didn't hate his game necessarily in game one. Um, obviously, there was only three goals, and one of them happened to be an empty netter. So, And, and Markstrom, I thought, played a really, really solid game overall. I, again, I didn't hate Zuccarello so much as, as I thought I was going to. Um, will he do anything? It's tough to say. I don't, I, I, I don't think he's on a line that's really – out there that's going to be splashing a ton uh, with, with Chanyuk, but uh, I do think that they have the ability to to work hard and uh, make something sort of happen. Um, it's just going to have to be kind of maybe a lucky thing where they actually get a goal out of it. That line had one decent shift that happened to be pretty crucial, but other than that, they were they were not good. Joe. No, they uh, were not. So uh, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say if things keep up you might be disappointed he had just one shot in one shot attempt yesterday so mm-hmm. pretty disappointing outing from Matt Zuccarello what's the go-to game snack Joe the go-to game snack yep uh, in my old fatty days which I mean I'm still there but I've been losing weight by the way I have I told you that yeah yeah you've told me you haven't told the yeah. audience yeah, I'm down actually 20 pounds since the start of uh, June, which is pretty awesome. Um, and I'm not here to, to gloat. I'm just uh, here to no. be proud of myself. No, you should be so, proud. Um, but uh, usually a whole bag of combination pizza rolls. <laughs> <laughs> pizza rolls are such a good game snack. Oh. I don't do. Yeah, that's, that's what I used to do. It was the best. Yeah, no, that's that's really great. Um, hmm. See, like the the nice thing about pizza rolls is it's super easy. It's super easy to throw them in the oven, and mm-hmm. uh, and and bam, you got your snack there. Um, I'm 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 a chips guy. I I, I tend to not snack when I'm watching the game though, because I'm like, 
writing and I'm looking up stuff and especially uh, chips when you've got uh, the crumbs and the grease and you get it all on your keyboard. It's just not a good idea. I, I've seen people eat Doritos with chopsticks <laughs> to uh, to solve this problem, like Cheetos too, like any 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 of the cheesy stuff. Uh, and uh, and yeah, the the people who do it swear by it. So like maybe uh, maybe I'll. Uh, just have to, to to bust out the chopsticks and uh, and uh, I guess that's that's where we have it. Then we need uh, Doritos and Totinos to uh, sponsor our show. <laughs> uh, speaking of sponsors, sure the pizza roll is uh, is from Duluth. Yeah, uh, he's a goddamn genius, is what he is. Speaking <laughs> uh, of sponsorships, uh, if you're a local company and you want to sponsor this show, we can uh, get you in touch with our people and you can have a local ad reaching other Minnesota Wild fans just like you. So check that out. Drop us a line at lockedonwild at gmail.com. That is going to do it for us, Tony. Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at ohitony. You can find my work at 10krinks.com. You can follow me, joeboo15, on Twitter as well as 10krinks.com. Again, we've got a bunch of content coming up all week through this series and more if the Wild make it through that. So uh, definitely check out 10krinks.com. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your advice sends it to you every time there's a new show without having to do any work. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at LockedOnWild. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us out get found by other wild fans such as yourself. Lastly, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Wild. You can hit up that email box at LockedOnWild at gmail.com and also support our sponsors because they support us. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. <laughs>